truly, uh, Pastor Bruce and his wife are certainly a blessing to the body of Christ. And uh, I can't wait to spend some time with uh, Pastor Bruce because he has so many interesting stories and journeys that you have traveled in other countries and that God has used him magnificently in those nations. My wife sends her greetings to you, and uh, she is in prayer for God to anoint you, uh, your ears and your hearts, and for miracles to happen. I believe that we are truly in a time of a great shift of the Holy Spirit that is being poured out upon this city, not only the city, but this nation. And God has chosen for this moment for us to be together for Nova Scotia to experience a move of the Holy Spirit. Too long our, we have allowed our minds to rule over the Holy Spirit. But there's a shift that's coming that is turning it upside down to where the Holy Spirit rules over our intellect and begins to direct us and lead us into that place where God has destined us as a people. One of the important things that I have understood through these numbers of years, <clears throat> that we are as a people anointed of the Holy Spirit, not just for church, not just for ministry, but we are anointed of the Holy Spirit for living. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all year long, the Spirit of God abides within us and he has anointed us not just to share the gospel as we think of it, but as to live a victorious life through Jesus Christ. For the Spirit of God is going to overcome, overrule all of our inadequacies that we use as excuses and realize that we're stepping forward into another dimension of the supernatural Spirit of God. I think of those thoughts of that uh, we're anointed for living. You're anointed to, to succeed in what God has placed in your hands whether it be play, whether it be vacation time, whether it be work or labor, whatever, you are anointed of the Holy Spirit, and he is the master of creation that is able to create and bring forth blessing in your life with understanding of the knowledge of the kingdom. He's a problem solver. He's a life changer. He's the anointed one that lives within you. I remember some years ago, I was doing, I have a crusade in Fiji, South Pacific. And I was speaking on the subject that we are anointed for living. And several weeks later, a lady came up to me in the capital of Suva, and uh, she began to cry, but she was smiling as she was crying. And I thought, that's kind of strange. And she said, excuse my tears. She said, but I was in the, the arena when you were speaking. 
And she said, I want to share my testimony with you. She said, when you said we're anointed for living, I took a hold of that. She said, what you didn't know was I had just been laid off from my work at a resort. They had closed the resort. My husband was employed as a caretaker of the grounds, so he was also unemployed. And I began to cry out to God, God, help us. There was no income coming in. And she said, I walked into that arena, and God had a word for me, and that was, you are anoint you're anointed to solve problems by the Holy Spirit. God has the answer for every need you have. And she said, I went home that night and laid my head upon the pillar. She said, I was a chef at the hotel. And she said, the Lord began to give me dreams in the night of cakes. They were recipes that I had never baked before. And she said, I awoke and began to write them down. And in the morning, I couldn't wait. She said, because this was a supernatural recipe. And she said, I began to, I borrowed the ingredients and put together these seven cakes of seven recipes that the Lord gave me in my sleep by the Holy Spirit. And she said, I took these cakes and I cut them in pieces and I took them to a number of resorts. I think it was about eight resorts. And I had the head of the, the chefs taste these cakes. And every one, she said, they got excited and said, we've never tasted anything so wonderful. Can we order these cakes from you? And she said, I got so excited because every resort, every hotel I went to, they ordered one of each every day. And she said, all of a sudden, I began to weep and say, yes, Lord, you do have the recipes for my success. And she said to me, she said, I want you to meet my husband. She said, I have now, uh, we have exploded and my daughter is full-time employed by me. My husband is full-time employed. He's the deliverer of these cakes to all these resorts. And she said, it is true. We are anointed of the Holy Spirit for living, solving problems, walking in the victorious power of the Holy Spirit. I know, I want you to know, I'm standing here looking at men and women who God is going to raise you up with the knowledge and understanding that is supernatural and the favor of God is going to manifest upon you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. You are anointed for living. Say it to the neighbor beside you. You're anointed for living. There's no problem that God cannot solve. He created this universe. And here we feel like that we are so inferior to things that come upon us. I want you to know he's the master of the storm. He can say to that storm, be still. 
You see what I love about Jesus? It, the storm on the Sea of Galilee did not intimidate him when it came onto that, oh, that water of Sea of Galilee. The wind began to blow. The disciples were in the boat and they became afraid because it was tossed to and fro. I'm sure you're aware of this, but on the Sea of Galilee, the mountains around it formed like a, a basin, a bowl. And when the winds come, they ricocheted off of one side to the other. So if you're in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, you're at the disposal of the wind. It's so hard to go north, south, east, or west because it's like a whirlwind forms in that sea area. And this is what was happening to the disciples. They rode all they could. And Peter with all of his knowledge of the waters, he was frustrated as well. But fear became the dominant force. Like our lives, when we feel everything around about us that God has sent us on a, an assignment, and we know we're walking in the will of God, but yet everything becomes our opposition to us. Things are not working out. We get frustrated. <clears throat> fear attacks us doubt begins to dominate our thoughts I thought you were in the will of God and look what happened some of the worst things that happened to us are just the beginning of God's miracle and as Jesus began to walk upon that the waters of that storm notice Jesus was not intimidated as he approached the boat of the disciples that were in hysterics because they were on something that they realized they could not control. When you walk with God, there are times when you feel like things are out of control. But I want you to know, fear not, for the Master is right there with you. Notice Jesus as he walked on the water towards the disciples. And I, I marvel at the statement that he made. I mean, it's almost like he was grinning. He said, be happy. <laughs> be cheerful. That's the very opposite of what they needed at that moment in themselves. How can you be happy when everything is going to pieces around you? What he was saying was, the master is here with you. Your savior is here with you. Be happy. Get excited. When everything is going to pieces, it's time to praise the Lord. There's a shift that's coming of the supernatural praise of songs that God is going to drop into your heart in the midst of catastrophe, and you're going to start praising the Lord in the midst of it. When everything is going wrong, what did Jesus demonstrate by walking on the waters in the midst of the storm? He could have chose things that were, st were calm to walk first. first. But notice... What he was demonstrating to us and the disciples, 
that that which was over their head is under his feet. That's what is happening by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those insurmountable objects are under our feet. And we walk forward in the praise and the glory of God. In the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There comes a time in our life when we are challenged to have faith in God. Do you remember Abraham offering up Isaac when God told Abraham to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice? That was the most strenuous, heart-rendering moment of his life. Isaac was his promise. And as they walked up on the side of the mountain, I'm sure Isaac was saying, Father, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham tried to avert the question because he knew what he was having to offer up. There will come times in your life when God will ask you to offer up the promise that he's given you. Because which, is, which do we love more, the promise or the giver of the promise? He was testing Abraham. Abraham, do you love me more than the promise? There come times in your life when you face this challenge that your vision is not happening, that God gave you. Many times we panic and we bemoan God because nothing is coming together. But God will ask us the question, do you love the, the vision or the promise, the prophetic word, more than you love me? And when you can surrender it up to God, God will give you your heart's desire. What a sacrifice Abraham was offering. And God saw the heart of Abraham, that he loved him more than the promise. So as we walk through this life, being led by the Holy Spirit, for it says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In my life in walking with Jesus Christ, there are times when I'm obeying the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. But my soul cries out, oh God, this is the pits. This is hell. <laughs> but hang on. God's bringing you through it to the other side. There are strange things that happen to us being led by the Holy Spirit. I remember pastoring a church in Hamlet, North Carolina many years ago. And uh, I, this evangelist who was well known back in those days, I, I say it with all modesty, uh, he could not preach. 
some of the worst preaching I've ever heard. But he was anointed. And uh, I just, I won't mention his last name, but his first name was Otis. And, uh, and he'd say, Brother Stephen, I can't preach, but I'm anointed. And uh, God would use him. He would be preaching, and then he'd look at me and say, what did I just say? <laughs> I remember an old man, one time he was in a service, and, uh, and he stood up, and he was going to give a, give a prophetic word, I guess. And he kept saying, and God said. And everybody was quiet. And God said. And he said it about three times. And then he had with a low voice, he said, what did he say? <laughs> he was like one of those. And I remember, the reason I'm sharing this with you, there are strange things will happen being led by the Holy Spirit. He called me and he was going to be with me for a few days in services. And, uh, and I remember... Uh, he called me and I said, well, listen, Otis, I said, I want you to, you're staying with us. And I said, here's my address. And uh, my wife and I will not be home. We've got an appointment that we're going to be at. But you just make yourself at home and go into the refrigerator, put your clothes and stuff in the, in the front room and uh, go to the refrigerator and make your sandwich and have some coffee. Well, as we came back from our appointment at the hospital, I see my friend, the evangelist, sitting looking perplexed in the living room. And I said, Otis, I said, what happened? Are you okay? He said, well, it was kind of embarrassing. He said, I pulled up to this house I thought was your house. I walked in, put my luggage in the front room, made myself at home, went in the kitchen and made a sandwich and had some coffee. And he said, this couple came in and they looked at me and said, who are you? He said, I'm the evangelist, Otis. He said, who are you? They said, well, this is our house. He said, oh, I, I said, what'd you do next? He said, well, I told him that I was Pastor Steve List's guest. They said, oh, that's next door. I said, what'd you do with the sandwich? He said, I took it with me. <laughs> I love this brother. He was anointed. And so we, as he stayed with me, <coughs> he had some shirts that I had to take to the laundry. And there was a, a lady there, that uh, Sister Reynolds, that was a member of our church. And she was the manager of the place. And then there was a late, another lady working with her. And uh, she was a nice lady, but she was agnostic. And so I was kind of evangelizing this agnostic you know, with a smile and saying, God bless you, and we'll be, we're praying for you. And I told Otis, I said, now, she is uh, an agnostic. Just take it easy. 
Well, that was the wrong thing. We walk in with our shirts and put it on the counter, and she comes forward, and all of a sudden, she looks and she said, uh, hello, what's your name? And he looks at her, and I thought, I'm in trouble. He said, I hear you are agnostic. She said, yes. Well, he said, praise the Lord. Wow, wonderful. You're the one that Jesus died for. And I'm standing there as the pastor. He's blowing all of the work that I thought he blew all the work that I was doing. He said, we're having a Holy Ghost revival in the Pentecostal church. And he said, you need to come. She said, I don't go to church. He said, oh, my Lord, you need Jesus. The next thing I know, he flips over the counter. And he's got his hands in her hair. And he is rebuking that spirit of agnosticism off of her. And I mean, all of a sudden, tears start running down her face. And he's got her shaking right this. And he said, tell Jesus, I receive you. And I'm standing there, oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm, it's, he's blown it. I want you to know, we walked out of there. She was saved. She was anointed of the Holy Spirit. And I'm scratching my head, my hands in my pocket. And I said, Lord, have mercy. So we're in the car, and we're driving down the main street, and we're driving by these houses, and all of a sudden, Oda says to me, Brother Steve, stop! I thought, oh, Lord, here we go again. I realized one thing. When the Holy Spirit has a plan, he doesn't worry about our feelings. He's out on the gender. And he says, back up, back up, pull in that driveway. I said, Otis, that's the mayor's white house. He said, yeah, pull in the driveway. So I pull in the driveway. He gets out of the car. I said, where are you going? He said, I've got an appointment with the mayor. So he walks up to the door and he knocks on the door. And all of a sudden, the mayor's wife comes to the door. And he said, I'm Otis Callahan, and God sent Pastor Steve and I to stop by and, and see how you're doing. And all of a sudden, his wife starts crying. She said, oh, my God. She said, I was just standing in the kitchen, and I was washing dishes. And I said, God, I'm perplexed. I need help. Please, I need help. Well, he goes in the house like he owns it. <laughs> and he led her to the Lord. And then he praised the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But he had a way of putting his hands in woman's hair. You know what I mean? And her hair was up. <laughs> and I said, Dear Lord, he was from Dakota, Georgia, with a heavy accent. <clears throat> And as he's praying for the Holy Spirit, he stops. He says, Steve, go in the kitchen, make us some coffee. I said, Otis, it's not my house. He said, it's okay. 
So while he's praying it through to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm making coffee in the kitchen. She receives the Holy Spirit, and I made a good cup of coffee for her. And I'm going out, and I'm sitting in the car, and he's hugging her, and he's telling about the mighty revival at our church. He's invited the mayor's wife and the mayor. And, I, and I'm sitting in the car and said, God, you work in strange ways with strange people. I said, Lord, have mercy. Because my background, you know, is New Zealander. And some of the English properness, you know, wants to manifest sometimes, you know, be proper. But I realized God works in the midst of confusion. <laughs> You talk about a revival. We had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, he couldn't preach a flip, but he would just, God would use him to bring the power of the Holy Spirit in the place and people would get saved and healed by the mighty power of God. But he had that anointing of discernment. I mean, he was like a hunter going out for ducks. If you walked in the house of God and you weren't saved, he was like after you. I would say, Lord, have mercy. Let them get seated. <laughs> so don't be surprised what God does in your life. He moves according to his purpose and plan. I learned some wonderful lessons. Relax. <laughs> Let God be God. Let him direct it. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord, because he's, we are anointed of the Holy Spirit for living, successing in God, and let God glorify himself through you with heaven's abilities in your life. Let him give you the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Oh, praise the Lord. I want you to know we're going to experience some phenomenal things that begin to happen all over the city by the power of God. Watch out what will happen in the marketplace, what will happen in the office, it will happen on the job, it will happen in the schools. The glory of the Lord begin to fall upon people and you're going to experience a mighty revival because God has ordained it and purposed it by his spirit. Oh, hallelujah. God's spirit is all over the earth. And you're never out of his sight. I think of Mary, who was busy in the chores that she had. And the angel Gabriel came to her home and addressed to her in such a fashion that was beyond the normality of her greeting, someone greeting her. I want you to know that God knows you better than you know yourself. And when you feel your lowest, God says, you're my mighty child. Great things are in store for you. Notice it said that the angel came to Mary and greeted her. Highly favored one of the Lord. God knows you better than you know yourself. And he knows your future. And so God is calling you forth into your future for the manifestations of the Spirit of God. He'll find you to fulfill His plan and purpose. I remember 
an occasion back in the year 2000. My wife and I were sitting at home and we were watching television and on the news was the turmoil that was happening in the nation of Fiji in the South Pacific. The, the, the killing and the looting and the burning of buildings. The nation was in turmoil. There was a coup, attempted coup. Parliament was held for 55 days as hostage. Soldiers were fighting each other. And my wife and I were watching this on television. And all of us, I remember prior to this, an, um, a prophet by the name of Bob Jones called me and he gave me Isaiah 55, verse 4 and 5. And the words were that I've called you in, I will, I've, I've called you to a nation that you do not know. And you will go to that nation and you will call that nation to repentance and it will come unto you. When he gave me that, that prophetic word, I was traveling all over the world. And I remember I wrote it down in my Bible, the date of it. It is important that when we get a word from God, that we don't try to make it happen. That we just receive it and say, let it be, as Mary said, according to the word of God. Because when we do that, we release our control of the word into God's control. Don't try to plan it out. Don't try to strategize. You just get up every morning like you normally do and walk into what responsibility you have and let God be God and God will bring things together. And I remember we were watching this on the news and it was in September and in Seattle area where we live in Edmonds and all of a sudden about 1030 at night there was a knock on the door and it was raining outside. And my wife said, honey, will you get that? I said, who would be visiting us this time of the night? And all of a sudden, as I opened the door, there were three big, dark men standing. And they said, are you Stephen List? And I said, yes. I said, who are you? They said, we are pastors from the nation of Fiji. God has sent us here to ask you to come to our nation because we're in trouble. And I said, how did you know my name? Have we met? It was a Baptist pastor in assemblies and a Methodist pastor. I said, how did you get my name? They said, we were praying for the nation and the turmoil, and God gave us your name, and we were not together in the same room. We were in our churches praying. I said, how did you find me here? They said, God gave us your address. Whoa. He's a big God. And I remember... As they were crying, tears running down their faces, and they were hugging me. I said, you mean God gave you 7031-176 Place Southwest Edmonds, Washington? They said, yes. They showed me a piece of paper. 
I said, when did you, how did you get here? They said, we said, Lord, we called each other on the phone and told them the same information. They said, this is what God gave us. I want you to know God will validate his spoken word and purpose through others in your life, and he will bring it together. I said, how did you get here? They said, we didn't have the money. But miraculously, people began to give us money. They said, how, I said you, how did you get a visa so quickly? They said, we went to the American embassy, and we know it takes sometimes three to four months to get an M, a, a visa, sometimes six months. And he said, we walked up to the counter, and we told the lady there and said, we need a visa. We've got to go to America. And they said, they told us, it's impossible to go right now. Everything is in chaos. They said, well, God told us to go. And she said, well, wait here. She took their applications. They filled out back to the back. And she came out scratching her head and saying, I don't understand it. She said, the, 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 my boss has never done this before, but he has signed it and stamped it. The visa is being approved in the American embassy for you to go to America. I want you to know God is in control of the resources of this world. And they said, we got on a plane and we came to Seattle and God, we got a taxi and the taxi, we gave the address and he looked it up and he took us here. I want you to know the word they cried out, will you come to our nation? Our nation is in turmoil. I couldn't refuse. It was shortly after that my wife and I boarded the plane and headed there. And we walked into the midst of chaos. Burning, hatred, and looting was going on. And I stood in the city park. And I stood there and there was a curfew. The lights would turn off at 7 p.m. over the whole nation. And as I stood there in the park preaching the message that God gave me, that out of turmoil God was going to birth a new nation that would honor him. Because he's God. Hallelujah. I don't know what kind of mess you're going through right now or your family is in or you're going through physically. My God is able to do all things. Hallelujah. He's able to heal your sickness. He's able to set your house in order. And that message as it went through, my wife was standing there at the side of the platform and she said the major came up to her and the lights were on in the park of the center of the city. And he said to her, I don't understand it. He said, you, he said it's 7.30 and the power was turned off at 7 p.m. And he said, the lights are still on in the city park where your husband is speaking to the crowd. And he said, I don't understand it. And he said, what kind of power is this? I remember when I gave the benediction, the lights went out. It was in the newspapers, supernatural manifestation of the power of the light, electricity that was shut off. God kept it on. I want you to know you're walking in the will and the purpose of God. God will create miracles in your life to bring about his glory. Get ready, Nova Scotia. 
It's God's timing. It's God's moment. And no matter what circumstances arise, God will override it because he's God. Oh, hallelujah. That message went to the president's ears. And shortly as my wife and I got home, the phone rang. And it was the president's office. And he spoke and he said, Dr. List, I want you to come back to Fiji. And he said, we're going to pay all your expenses. We're going to have a solemn assembly of repentance before God. And we want you to come and lead that solemn assembly for the nation to turn its face back to God. And he said, we will pay all your expenses. You're our guest. Parliament has agreed to take care of the stadium and all the expenses. And I looked at my wife and I said, what? She said, I think God is in this. <laughs> I'll never forget getting on that plane and flying into Fiji and Nandi. And as my wife and I, we got off the plane, here was the entourage of the police and the military and flags flying. And, and we didn't go through customs. They just took us right down into the limousine. And, I, and, and here we are with sirens going, going to the Capitol. And I looked at my wife and I said to my wife, I said, honey, do they know who we are? <laughs> We're just simple servants of the Lord. But here we are sitting back there, and I tell you about it, we just enjoyed that ride. And I mean, we were taken into, God took his servant and put him into the royal realm. And I remember we checked in the hotel, and it was wonderful. I'll tell you one thing. It, it, I kept scratching myself, God, when you do things, you do things in a big fashion. <laughs> and all of a sudden, one of the deputies of the government came to the hotel, and he said, Dr. List, you're to come and have dinner with the president. He wants to be, visit with you. And I remember sitting at the table. We were eating, and he asked me to bring my chair closer to him. He's a man who prays. I remember my wife asked him, Mr. President, I hear that you get up at four every morning and you spend one hour in prayer. And then you, one hour in the word. And then you, at six o'clock, you have devotions with your wife for one hour. But she said, Mr. President, I want to ask you something. I was told that you fully dress at 4 a.m. in the morning for, your, for the office. She said, Mr. President, why do you fully dress to pray? This was his words. He said, if I have to fully dress for the dignitaries from England and around the world to meet with them, how much more when I meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Wow. I saw a tear in his eyes. I said, Mr. President, you love God, don't you? He said, oh, if you only knew how much. As I scooted my chair closer to him, he whispered to me, Isaiah 55, verse 4 and 5. 
He said, tonight when you stand and address the nation by television and radio and the news media, the whole nation will be listening. You call this nation to repentance and it will come and repent before the throne of God. I want you to know we stood that night in the stadium and we preached the word of reconciliation and repentance before God. And all over the islands, they were tuned in. And there was a prayer that went in up into the heavenlies. And the glory of the Lord came down and forgiveness came upon that nation. And they repented of their sins, one to another and to the, to the nation. Men to men, women to women, God brought reconciliation. And the president stood and he said, now we are a nation, a Christian nation. We're a nation that will honor God from this moment on. I want you to know God turned things around in that nation. There was move of the Holy Spirit that took place. Prisons were turned into places of worship. Pastor Dan Hammer, we went into one. Remember George Spate, the, the, the instigator of the coup. He was arrested, serving a life sentence. But I never forget when we drove up into the prison, this where he was being held. All of a sudden, he comes up to the vehicle, and he, the first thing he says, he said, Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Boy, I tell you, he was bold for Jesus. He was on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. He had been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And he said, I don't care about serving my life sentence as long as I have Jesus. I want you to know that God changed the nation. God can change Nova Scotia in the twinkle of an eye and bring a glorious outpouring of repentance throughout the land. Get ready, friends. God is on the move. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Get ready. Get ready to embrace your sons and daughters coming home to the family of God. Get ready for promotions on the job. Get ready for healings in your body and neighbors and friends. God's going to do miracle signs and wonders. Hallelujah. You're anointed of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I want you just to yield to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's here tonight in this place. He's here with all of heaven's authority and dominion and power. But he's waiting for you to release him to have his way. There's healing in the house tonight. You that are sick, just raise your hands. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, healing is yours. Somebody just reach out and place your hand upon them right now. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. You become a conduit of the anointing of the healing virtue of Jesus Christ flowing through you, setting them free. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That contact of faith releasing them into that dimension that Jesus suffered for. Hallelujah. By his stripes, 
you are healed. Oh, glory. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to know we're going to see miracles begin to manifest and mightily by the power of God. He's the resurrection and the life. He's here in the house. I want you to say with me, as a musician comes, I'm anointed for living. I want you to shout it out. <laughs> I'm anointed for living. <laughs> Not just, just as it were, maintaining life. You're anointed to succeed by the glory and the power of God. Hallelujah. Like that woman that God gave her dreams of a recipes of cakes so God can give you the answer that you're searching for because you're anointed of the Holy Spirit. Watch out for the favor of God. And as they begin to worship the Lord in song, I want us to come forward around the front for a moment of surrender to the purpose and the will of God and the glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is in this house. Hallelujah. You say, brother, brother Steve, but you, Brother Steve, no, I'm just an ordinary individual. That God opened the door for me to step through into that dimension. And right now, church, there's a door open of the supernatural to walk into that realm and experience the glory of the Lord upon you and around you. Hallelujah. Get ready, get ready for the anointing of God to begin to manifest. Will you step forward as they sing tonight?